Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The Irish are coming. We're just two weeks out from being on Test Match Eve as our Irish pals look to come over here, put a statement tour up against the All Blacks only a year out from the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Three tests against the ABs. Wait in a couple of huge classes midweek with the Māori All Blacks too. It's going to be massive. Gavin Casey is our man on the ground up in Ireland. He's all things boxing and rugby for the 42 Ireland uh, man squad and he's on the line now. Top of the morning to you, Gav. How are you? <laughs> Good evening, my friend. Everything? <laughs> yes, we're up and about, mate. There's a bit of a humdinger <laughs> over here tomorrow night, mate. Uh, Crusaders, Blues, Super Rugby final. It's been a long time coming, mate. 2003, so we're fizzed. Who are you picking? I've got to say I'm leaning towards the Blues. I think the table has just about <laughs> turned in the last couple of years. <laughs> Uh, and I had uh, their defence coach, Craig McGrath, on our podcast uh, just ahead of their semi-final with the Brumbies, actually. And he just spoke with such conviction. I immediately became a Blues fan for the rest of the season. I know your room there or your studio there is divided in two, but uh, I'm leaning blue tomorrow, I've got to say. It's divided in three. It's three to one. Right. It's Louis. Oh. It's Izzy and the rest of New Zealand against me and the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Oh mate, it's gonna be it's gonna be an absolute cracker. You got Smith there too, mate. So whew, it's gonna be yeah, an absolute doozy. We're looking forward to it, mate. Look, the Irish Irish club sides, obviously Leinster and Ulster falling one short, uh, but mate, it's not a bad thing. Gives them another week to prepare to come over to to New Zealand. Uh, the squad gets back together. Yeah, it's an interesting one because a lot of what Ireland do well at the moment is predicated upon what Leinster do well and mm. just to give your listeners some context on that I'm sure a lot of them will remember that in November when Ireland did get the better of the All Blacks in Dublin of the match day 23 13 of those players were Leinster players and even more pointedly or, or to accentuate that fact 12 of the starting 15 were Leinster players so what Leinster have been doing well throughout their domestic and European season has been a really nice platform on which Ireland has, has have been able to build and do pretty well in the Six Nations on the back of that. But suddenly you've got 
La Rochelle beating Leinster in the European final. Mm. La Rochelle steered by a, a monster man in Ronald O'Gara. <laughs> uh, he masterminded a really brilliant tactical victory over Leinster. And then the Bulls. I mean, your old mates from yeah. Super Rugby of, of past iteration come to Dublin and turn the boys over. And uh, nobody in Ireland or even South Africa, I dare say, saw that coming. So suddenly that aura of invincibility about Leinster has been eroded. And you wonder then from an Irish point of view, uh, their implications for the national team have some of those um, tactics or that style of play been found out by a couple of people who've been observing them for a full season and more. Hey, Gavin, what do you think they learnt the Irish uh, from the All Blacks touring up there last year? And what, what what sort of style of play will they bring down to New Zealand? I think at that point they were starting to really hit their stride with the very fast-paced attack. And it's something that you wouldn't necessarily have associated with Ireland, particularly under Schmidt, where it was very structured. It was obviously possession-based, but everything was about controlling a game um, under Schmidt. And under Andy Farrell, as much as there were speed bumps in the early parts of his reign, it became a very fast-paced attack with uh, Jameson Gibson Park, one of your old boys, uh, a former Mary All Black, mm. really pulling strings. And like the pace at which he plays the game is extreme it's very difficult for defenses to deal with provided obviously you have goal forward from your pack and for most of the season that Leinster pack and by proxy that Ireland pack were strong enough to get really fast rock ball I mean the rock speech with six nations something like 2.9 seconds and even in the two games in Paris where we lost and in Twickenham where we made a meal of it but beat England in the end still the rock speed was pretty quick and I felt that watching that game in November between Ireland and the All Blacks, New Zealand for the first time probably struggled to deal with Ireland's tempo. It's usually the other way around. And I'm sure Ian Foster uh, will have been licking his lips at the prospect of reversing those arrears over the last few months. But I think Ireland, because now they have a little bit of momentum in terms of how they're playing with their attack, won't deviate too much from mm. what we saw in Dublin. What I'm more fascinated about is how the All Blacks actually counter that. And I think looking at your squad, uh, it's a statement of intent when you see guys like uh, Peter Gus, uh, Savakula, Falau mm. Fakatava, Roger Tuivasashek, Lester, Fayanga, Anuku. That really says to me one thing, which is that they're just going to try and blast. You know, those are big units. Yeah. So it, it changes the dynamic a little bit, I think. Well, yeah, we spoke to um, Grant Fox the other day, and he spoke about the rush defence. And he said, yeah, the rush defence is is great, but if you are brave and you're able to get behind that advantage line in that first um, first hit-up, they can't line speed twice. They've got to go backwards. So that's, I think, what you, you're alluding to there, the big bodies getting over the advantage line and, and putting pressure on, on the Irish uh, defence. Mate, quickly, just want to ask you about Joey Carberry. The number 10, and his sure. battle with Johnny Sexton. Look, I mean, when Joey bursted onto the scene, he was the next best thing, but he just hasn't kind of probably hit those straps, uh, and I haven't been at probably, in my fairness, I haven't probably seen the best of him lately. Where, where do you think he's at with his game? It's a really interesting one, because when he's been playing for Munster, he has been part of an extremely dysfunctional attack. Mm. It's an attack under Stephen Larkin that just simply hasn't been firing over the last couple of years, particularly towards the end of this season. It fizzled into nothing. A lot of their really exciting back players on paper became almost non-entities, and it was frustrating to watch as a, a Cork man and a lifelong Munster fan, I have to say. And I think Carberry has been a victim of that system. Yeah. To a degree, he's also been plagued by injury. I mean, mm. obviously, he missed nearly two years of his career at a crucial developmental stage with injury but even since then he's picked up niggles as you tend to when you're coming back from a long layoff so he just hasn't had that um, he hasn't been able to develop that momentum what I would say is that when he's played for Ireland he's usually dependable it's usually only 20 or 30 minutes off the bench and you close out the show with Sexton uh, putting his feet up 
but he did play in Paris for a full 80 minutes and Sexton was ruled out in the Six Nations and he mm. performed very capably. Yeah. I think he actually has a lot of credit in the bank with Ireland that he doesn't quite have with Munster at the moment, which is a weird uh, dynamic in the sense that Andy Farrell has shown a lot of faith in him as Johnny Sexton's backup, whereas at Munster there are probably fans who feel that Ben Healy, who isn't even in the Ireland squad, is probably a little bit more deserving of his place or at least on a par with Carberry in terms of how he's performing. So we depend on him because we just don't know can Johnny Sexton play three tests. I'd be shocked if he started all three down there, particularly given the abrasive nature of them. So I think Joey's going to feature. It'll be mm-hmm. lovely for him, I'm sure, to play down there. Ireland have been down your direction in 10 years. He obviously was born there and then raised in, in a tie in County Kildare up here. So um, a magical opportunity for him. I think he'll feature and I think he's actually going to be very important. Yeah. Hey, Gavin, do you think that uh, Ireland's trip down here, it's sort of at the end of the big season for them, they're going to be tired or they're actually coming down here to win the series? It's a really interesting one because a year out from the World Cup, I would imagine a lot of countries in the past would have gone down there and used it almost as an experimental tour, exposed some of those more fringe players or younger players to that type of uh, fervent, sort of feral uh, physicality and pace that uh, New Zealand bring to the equation but I actually get the impression from Ireland even looking at the squad they've picked and from everything that Andy Farrell says they're looking at as an opportunity to win a series if they can do it and use that almost as a springboard from which they can attack the World Cup next year we've never even won a test in New Zealand so even if we were to win one and I, I would say it's unlikely personally it would be a bit of a feather in Andy Farrell's cap and offer a, a fair bit of momentum heading into the autumn and beyond I think that uh, purely because three of the last five tests have gone away we probably smell blood a little bit but equally in the past we've been deluded and smelling blood again <laughs> as you guys proved in the World Cup <laughs> and on many other occasions so I'm, uh, I'm approaching this tour with an element of trepidation but they are going to try and win it. I mean, they're going down, they're confident yeah. that they can turn your boys over. I just don't really share that confidence. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be an absolute cracker of a, of a series, mate. Hey, I just got to ask you the question about fear factor. Do you think, do, mm. up in the UK and, and an Irish perspective, from your point of view, do you think the All Blacks still hold that prestige and, and that fear from other teams? Or do you think that they just they see them now as, as an opportunity to, to get one over them? What's your take on that? Uh, fear, no, but respect, absolutely. Mm. I think the fear factor has dissipated, and actually yeah. similarly to uh, Leinster towards the end of this season, where I would have imagined that a lot of the club sides in both the URC and in the Champions Cup would have feared them. Uh, it only takes one result, really, for that to dissipate. And I think based on what happened in New Zealand in November, and listen, bear in mind, we are very cognizant of the fact that you guys do treat those tours up to Europe as sort of experimental processes. Mm. But the defeat in Dublin, a slightly heavier defeat in Paris, and given what happened in the World Cup as well with, with England, the fear factor is certainly gone. Mm. The thing is that, look, that black jersey, those unbelievable players that you guys have will always command respect, and particularly in your house, there's nobody from Ireland going down there thinking, oh, we're going to turn these boys over or anything of the sort. But I do think that in past tours to New Zealand, I mean, Izzy, you played in one <laughs> in 2012. We spoke about it last time I was on. You boys absolutely torched us. And at that point, I was a pretty decent Ireland team. They would have absolutely feared going to places like Dunedin and so on. I, I think that fear is gone now, but the respect is very much still alive. Uh, I don't think you have to worry about that. Oh, I love it. Love it, mate. Hey, quickly before we let you go, Andrew Goodman, Crusader's assistant coach. He signed a coach at, at Leinster. Mate, it's, it's pretty exciting news for Leinster, mate. I've been coached by, by um, Andrew Goody. He's outstanding. So you've picked a good one, mate. 
Yeah, it's a really exciting appointment for Leinster. He, he played there actually in about, what, 15 years ago mm. or so uh, ago. And he mentioned that he's excited actually to move back, not only for the new challenge, but to reintegrate himself into Dublin and just get get to know this squad of players. It is a very special, talented bunch of players. And one thing that I, I, I find fascinating about some of these coaching moves over the years, like you guys had Ronan O'Gara down at Crusaders for a while. And the ideas and the philosophy and just the learnings he took from Canterbury back to France where yeah. he started working again with La Rochelle he speaks about it often I think the more you can broaden your palate as a coach and working in both hemispheres the better a coach you become so I think that Leinster are getting a really exciting um, a really exciting coach to replace Felipe Contepomi who's gone to work for, for Michael Checa with Argentina and I do think he has a job in a sense because I think a, a few of the elite club defences have figured out how to stifle Leinster's attack now it's going to be over to Goody to uh, to flip that script next season Oh, I loved, I loved being coached by Ron O'Gara. Rog, when he came over to Crusaders, mate, it was, uh, it was invigorating. It just really gave me a lot of energy. I, I, I learned so much just from a, um, a Northern Hemisphere perspective. It was, it was outstanding. I got a lot of respect for him, mate. Um, quickly before we let you go, Joe Parker. Who does he fight next? <laughs> you know what? He just signed a promotional deal with Fox, yeah. one of the British promotional companies. He's going to be fighting on Sky Sports up in the UK. I mean, it's an interesting one because he was, I mean, he was mooted to be fighting Joe Joyce, a British heavyweight, which would have been an absolutely amazing oh. fight, a really close fight, I think. But because Joe Joyce is signed to a rival promoter and rival uh, television company, I think that fight is off the cards now. I'm not exactly sure what Parker's next step is. I'm sure Sky will be sitting down with them and trying to figure out a way to, uh, well, a way for him to actually infiltrate the very top of the heavyweight division again. Because if Tyson Fury it sits out the next few months and relinquishes his belt and so on, it's going to be an absolute free-for-all. Suddenly you've got Anthony Joshua, who beat Joe in the past, doesn't look anywhere near as good as he used to. I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch, for example. I think there are real opportunities there for Joe, and maybe on a lesser level for Sonny as well, whenever he gets back off the couch <laughs> to uh, make moves. Yeah, I was reading, I don't know if it was clickbait, I was reading something about Sonny calling out Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, I read the same thing. <laughs> I don't know if it was clickbait, but I was like, wow, he's keen. Mike Tyson wasn't that keen, though. He wants to fight a real boxer, he said. It was only, anyway, might have been just a headline. Hey, uh, Gavin, are you coming down under? Are you going to come down for the tour, or are you coming to New Zealand anytime soon? You know what, mate? I've been TJ Paranara. I just missed out on a call-up. Uh, <laughs> one of my colleagues is going down his day. So uh, we've got a, we've, I've got sort of boxing responsibilities and other things going on here. I'll be dialing uh, him up for podcasts and various things. I'm got it. I'm got it. I bet you got it, mate. You you just put you just mate. You just stay determined. You keep doing what you're doing, mate. You're an outstanding bloke, and you're doing great things. We appreciate you. And if you ever come down under, sing out. We'll look after you here on ECNZ, brother. 100%. Really appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Awesome. There he is, Gavin Casey, up from up in Ireland, talking about the Irish uh, rugby tour coming down under. Uh, it's going to be a great series uh, in July. And then also talking about Andrew Goodman's um, coaching role at Lens. They played there 15 years ago, so great to chat with him. You know, the, so what we got out of that, eh, was that what we talked about, mm. the fear factor has gone. Yeah. The fear factor has gone. It used to be there. They used to hate travelling over here. They feared the All Blacks. They respected them. Now they just respect them. Mm. And the fear, the fear that the All Blacks used to bring to a game is gone. And these young blokes that are coming through, I reckon that's the changing of the, of the guard mm. and the reason why they find it so hard. But the really interesting part for me, I love the way that Gavin was talking about um, as analysts of how fast they get into that ruck and clear that mm. football out. 
And, this, and the same, like you said when Foxy said to us about this is what we need to do to turn their, their um, defensive line around, it works on both sides mm. of the coin when you're doing that. If you're, if you're in charge of the speed of the game, you're always in their face. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they travel down here. Yeah. Bang on, no, bang on, Kempe, and you're right. They, the fear factor is well and truly gone. Izzy has spoken about that at nauseam. And, and, you know, those players used to grow up and watch John Olomu, and, you know, they used to, they, well, they were, there was that kind of, and then the Izzy's era, there was that real, um, you don't just beat the All Blacks. The last couple of years, not so much. So now they're coming in, it's aspirational, and it's actually really achievable to get a series win down here. Can't wait. 21 minutes past seven. What do you think? Any early series score predictions? Ireland, you've just heard Gavin Casey talk about the side. Do you think they can roll us? After this, we need to pick a left winger. It's the great selection, AB's 23. Is, is Caleb Clark available? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. I think he is. Yeah. And we've got centres to announce as well after mm. your vote yesterday. SCNZ underscore radio at Instagram, double eight, double three. We're building our team to take on the Irish. They are up and about. Back after this, here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.